Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for watching this edition of Unpopular Review. While you're at it, why don't you give us a follow on these beautiful social media platforms known as Facebook and Twitter, at Unpopular Review. But there's another one. Give us a follow on Instagram. We got funny pictures, we got updates, and we have things where we tell you everything that's going on. So why don't you give us a follow on Instagram at unpopular.review. And now, back to the show. Good evening. As you just saw, I was in the midst of doing something else, but you know what? The show's on. We must continue. So here we go. Tonight, my name is Gruber. It's not M. M is next week. Tonight is Gruber. Why is it Gruber? You're going to find out. We're going to bring him in. We have the we have the executive consultant tonight with us. How are you doing, sir? Good evening. As you can see, I was doing something else, uh, but I am here with you all now uh, on Popular Review. Let's get it going. Uh, Chris will never fail to throw a jab at me whenever he gets the opportunity. And I, appreciate <laughs> I mean, at least I wasn't looking to the right. Oh, speaking of which, Listen, I gotta do what I gotta do. we have see the superior drinking her tasty tea once again. Yes. See, what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking that, ginger straight tea. Up liquor? Is that why you're sticking your tongue out? No, <laughs> I just no, swallowed it oddly. I don't know. Something went strange, but it's ginger tea tonight. That's what she said. All right. Ginger tea, allegedly. Allegedly not straight up locker. Okay. Definitely. We have Roy McLean. Roy McLean, I don't know what movie he's from, or could it be a line from the movie and also a nod to the movie? Let's find out. Roy McLean, so how are you doing? Uh-oh. Hold on. Uh, Roy McLean knows that I speak sign language, so continue, Roy. I'll translate. Somebody, somebody muted my mic. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Who? But I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Do something like that. Hmm. It would be Chris. <laughs> I think the hater's right there, right next door. No, it's not that, me. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't me. I'll tell you. We got some comments early in the show. Let's get to them. Andrew Higgins says, is it me? Did John McLean look like the biggest piece of coal after getting out of that ventilator shaft? Uh, I, I, I don't use coal. I'm not sure. I don't know how it is where you live, but uh, perhaps. Is that the same thing you use when you cook out coal? Nice. That's okay. what uh, all of you are getting for, for Christmas. He, he so, looked yeah, like a man on the mission, right Andrew. We're not going to hate on John McLean. How dare you? How dare you do that, sir? What actually, you know? actually can, I, can I make it make sense? Because I am going to let you know, I'm in firm protest of having to do this. I, I don't understand why we're doing Christmas movies. Uh, it just does not make sense. And, and, and Vic, if you want to know why you're muted, this is the reason right here. Because I, I don't know what I hear right now. Let's see. Someone say something. <laughs> something. Was it? Oh, yeah. It's Vic. Yeah, it was Vic. <laughs> it was Vic. Vic I, was, I was not going to say anything. I was going to let you slide, but you see, they snitched. They snitched on you. <laughs> what, what is, is it? it? I don't hear. I don't hear nothing. What's going we on? We got Phil coming in here saying, yippee ki yay. Hi, Philip. Oh. Vic, that's in reference to you. That's your scene, sir. yippee ki yay. Are you going to talk to Philip? He's trying to get himself situated. Oh, he, he can't hear, but we can hear him a little bit. And ourselves. Let's fix that. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the first one of our four Christmas movies we're doing yeah. this month out of protest, like I said, because I do not want to do this. But we're doing it. I don't like how uh, Santa Claus. Y'all found yeah. out my feelings when it comes to Christmas and Santa Claus this past Tuesday when we did UPR and James Bond. Tomorrow Never Dies. Doing very well, I might add. However, um, let's go ahead and get this over with. We're doing starting off with Die Hard. And if uh, Phil, no, Phil whose pick was this? Who's, who picked this was Vic's pick. This was Vic pick, so Vic's ready to go. 
Uh, Vic, would you like to tell us why you picked Die Hard? Lead us in so Let's we can go to the best of worst stuff synopsis. Is he off of mute? No, he would not. <laughs> while, while Vic is unmuting his, his mic, Ricky says, so that's the first of Christmas movies in the no, intro. Now. No Home Alone, no Grinch, no Mel. No, no, no See, Grim Grinch? Now, Ricky? now no, I'm... I was oh, the only no, one who picked no, a Christmas movie, no. a legit one. See, Ricky, on this show, we like to defy expectations. Now, See, all of these movies of all, that we have take, take place during Christmas. <laughs> Gremlins takes place during Christmas, the same thing as Miracle on 31st. But we don't believe that we have to wear a red suit and B&E into people's homes. That's breaking in and stateside. Um, thank you. Thank you, you very much. Yourself. Thank you. Thank you. Ricky thank is you the hero tonight. He muted Dick's mic. Phil knows what's going on. I'm sorry, Vic. Please tell us why did you pick Die Hard? Um, I grew up with this movie. I um, the first time and the first time that this movie, I was a kid. The movie action packed. Um, I, I really resonated with the uh, New York cop because um, that's pretty much what New York cops were seen as, um, at least to a certain extent. Um, back at that time, and um, and it was just it was just cool, man. It was a cool movie. It was always something that you that you saw around the end of the year because um, I mean, you just see how the movie ends. You see the music in which the movie ends, mm -hmm. and then mind you, there is a sequel, and the sequel is sequel. actually no, there is a sequel and sequels. The second movie, in my opinion, is better than the first. Mm. Um, and the first good and the 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 rest of the movies not so much but really but yeah you don't like die her with a vengeance i did don't get me wrong i did i certainly okay. did like especially yeah, with sam jackson and all of that you know what i mean mm -hmm. but like if i were to put them in order it would be two one three and then the rest okay i got you i got you that's fair so like so <clears throat> um yeah, you know, I, I'm a big proponent of John McClane. Like John McClane is like, is up there with Rocky to me. Um, you know, I've always been a real big fan of John McClane, the character, and, and the movie itself. And honestly, like, I thought that the movie, for the time, that, that um, for 1989, um, it, 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 was, it was a little bit futuristic, honestly. Like, mm -hmm. I was, even, the, even with the... Uh, with, with the touch screens and all of that, that he had to go into the building. And at that time, that was just like out of this world. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I've always, I've always, always, this is one of my classics. Like, I think I have this in VHS somewhere, honestly. And but no it, VCR. No, I got a, <laughs> oh, you got a, I got a VCR. I got a VCR. Cause you know, you got whole movies. Sometimes you want to, supposed to, you know, you right, got to. I'm sorry, go ahead. What you about to say? Oh no! I just said you gotta have a VCR on deck just in case, you know. For the I mean? classics. Yeah. Just in case. Yeah, and, and and a DVD player, you know. Just in you case. have a whole fire stick. Yeah. Like. <laughs> All right. Look, so let me like, jump into the synopsis. Then we're gonna go best of, worst of. Vic, you're gonna start that off since this is your pick. But here we go in the synopsis of Die Hard. Every man, Don McLean wasn't expecting a hostage situation this Christmas, but that's exactly what he walks into when he agrees to visit his estranged wife and children in L.A. When the Nakatomi Tower is taken over by an international team of killers and hackers led by a mastermind thief, the everyman must don the hat of a hero in order to save his wife, her co-workers, and his own ass. Let's take it away. Best of, worst of, Vic, you got it. Um, Man, there's so many scenes that I like, right? So I'm just going to start with my worst of. I'm going to start with that because there's just pretty much just one uh, well there's a couple of scenes that i just don't like and honestly you know it's um it's any scene that has no you know what i'm gonna give you the perfect guess. one you know i'm gonna give you the perfect one hans bubby <laughs> I, I hate that guy mm -hmm. i hate that guy with a passion like that whole scene of him going in there and pretty much just giving up john mcclain and you know, be betraying him literally because he wants his wife. Because mm -hmm. notice, he didn't know he didn't say anything about Holly. Um, you know, just everything, everything, even the beginning scene. Like he's like, "Oh, hey, show John the watch. It's a Rolex." Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. God, I hate that guy. 
Like I just wanted to punch him in the face. Like, and John is just looking at him like, oh wow, really? And even Holly, she's just like annoyed with him. Like, come on, man. Like this guy is That's just Holly's work husband. Huh? <laughs> That's her work husband. Oh man, well, man, he's trying to be her real husband. He's trying to be something because yeah, he's not, I think he's, so. not he's not getting the hint. So so but like you know, any any scene with him was just annoying. Annoying. Um now as far as best scenes, one of the first scenes with um with the limo driver, mm-hmm. Al McLean says, Hey, you got any Christmas music? And he says, This is Christmas music. And he puts out Christmas and Hollis by Run DMC. Baby. I know that I was so hyped because I completely forgot that spot right there. So like I was so hyped to hear that. Um, because you know, just that whole sequence right there. Mm-hmm. So- a shout out to them for putting that that song in there because in 1989 that was one of the hottest songs on the radio, um, and Run DMC was you know on the top of the charts back then. So like uh, I was I was hyped to hear that. Um, clearly, as soon as I saw, um, you know, Mister Win- Officer Winslow, <laughs> I was just hyped to see him again because I did remember that this is one of the roles that pretty much just blew him up and got mm-hmm. him to being Carl Winslow um, in Family Matters. And um, let me see what else. Um, you know, oh, you know, the whole Roy Rogers part when he first said yippee dang, I should have said that later. Because um, that's my quote, but still. Yeah, Carl Winslow was in it. What you mean? Like, of course Carl Winslow was in it. Yeah, you see, now I have to find another quote because everybody's going to say yippee Because that is like the main thing that John McClane says, you know what I mean? And he says this in all the other movies. And I haven't it, seen it. See, listen, I can't even talk. I'm just so excited. I <laughs> love this movie. Like, these movies, like, this whole thing, I love it. I love it. And I'm going to keep it real. One time, I bought my father the movie set for Father's Day, but it really wasn't a fan. <laughs> just so you can watch it. Yeah. Yeah, because they had it at Blockbuster. Oh, I was telling my age, right? So (laughs) Blockbuster is the place you used to go to before Fire Stick. I know what Blockbuster is. They had it at Blockbuster and they had the whole set. So at Blockbuster? What's Blockbuster? That's what they had in New York before Blockbuster got there. Over here they had Blockbuster. They had Blockbuster and Hollywood video. Hollywood video was the creme de la creme. Facts. It was. You had you had they had which the one went out of business first. Huh? Which I mean as soon as Netflix first? came out. No, the last blockbuster just closed. Actually, mm-hmm. no, one left. It's an Airbnb. Well, I mean, right, well, well was who that the, the last year best next thing? and going to uh best of worst? Yeah. yeah, there was a lot. There's just so many things that I liked. So I mean, and oh actually, no, the last thing mm-hmm. that I would say that I really, really enjoyed. That I didn't catch the first time around was when Hans finally died, and the way that he died was that John took the Rolex off of Holly. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't peep that the first time. I just thought he just fell off. But when he took the Rolex off of Holly, and then she, and then he falls off and dies, I thought that was great. That's it. Um, who who wants to go next? Uh, C or executive? Who who wants to go? I'll go. Um... So my least favorite scenes, well, let me do my, my, my best scenes because I got in trouble for doing my least favorite scenes first last week, even though Vic just did the same thing and no one said anything. It's but okay. He can do what he wants to do. Stop hating him. So my best scene is this scene where Hans is um, talking with, with the hostages, pretty much. He, he steals the show. Wait, um, what scene are you talking about? The scene right before um, they find the, the 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 henchman that died, and they put the sweater the sweater on him, or wrote the words in the sweater. Got, so okay. I, uh, that scene, because mm-hmm. yeah, he steals the show. Um, great villain. Mm-hmm. That's probably my best scene because of him. Um, my worst scene was the scene that happened right after it with the henchman with the who died with the words on his sweater. It said, "Now I have a, have a machine gun. Ho ho ho." Mm-hmm. It was just a little too much for me. It's like, what kind of movie were we watching here? It's just, it was, it was corny. Mm-hmm. It was like, what? It, it seemed a little out of place. 
um, if we're supposed to be like scared of these, of what's going on, it just didn't, it kind of made it a little too comical for me. If I'm supposed to feel like, oh, the stakes are high, but then he's got time to write this in like holiday message slash I have a machine gun now. I don't know. It was just doing too much for me. So that was my least favorite scene. Also the pander scene that um, Vic just mentioned. I didn't like the, the, that scene as well. The pander? Pandering to the blacks. They got the dude, <laughs> the guy who's like, oh, you know, telling them all this stuff like he's unprofessional at his job for one. You're talking about the young, the young kid, the limo driver? Yes, the limo okay. driver. And then he gets in unprofessional at his job. He gets in, he's he's um, putting on the rap music, of course, because he's black. So they're, they're putting the rap music on. And it just seems like a little too much. Like, I don't know. I didn't like that. I didn't like it. Yeah, Phil. I think you know exactly what what what, what she's doing. That's exactly what Chris <laughs> no. is doing. Preach, preach. I'm I'm keeping it real. Like I said, I like to. Keep no, it I mean real. I can't I can't necessarily say that you're wrong for how you're viewing the the first scene with the Christmas sweater. Ho ho ho. You know, but in the '80s, that's that's par for the course. You know what I mean? You would find that that that's just the '80s trope that you would see throughout. But I understand looking at it uh, if we're supposed to be engaged in the moment nowadays, you would never get that. No. You know what I mean? But in the 80s, that was just a common thing. Um, with the young kid, I actually did like that. And I'll jump in here, Chris, if you don't mind. But um, leading into one of my favorite scenes, because when John McClane gets in the limo, remember, he says, hey, I've never written in a limo before. And the guy says, well, this is my first time, too. So both mm -hmm. of them, he's like supposed to be like a high teenager. When I say high, I don't mean like drug high, but like 18, 19. And this is his first real job. You know what I mean? That's why he's throughout the whole movie. He's listening to music. He's calling his girl and he's like bragging and everything because it's a big deal for him. And you have to understand in LA in the eighties for this black kid to get that job, that was a, a, for a kid. You know what I mean? To get that job, that was a big, big deal. So mm -hmm. he's been flexing the same way people would do with shoes or whatever like that, or Thanks. handbags now. Some women might do with handbags now. So I, I, I understand his exuberance, and I love that, and I bring that up because um, John McClane gets in, in in the limo, and he rides up front with him. Mm -hmm. And that's something, that's a very New York thing to do, but New York everyman thing, right? Where, yeah, it would be cool to ride in the back of the limo, but I'm just a dude. I'll ride up front with you. I don't necessarily like this music, but it doesn't mean it's bad. It's just I have my own music that I listen to, but everybody wants to control the radio. And that's the interplay that I got from him. And actually there was a, a nice dynamic between him back and forth, you know, and the comic scene when they said he mentions the kid's name and he's like, I hope, I hope he heard that. And the kid is bl blasting the music and he's calling his girlfriend. He's like, yeah, my boss thinks I'm in Vegas right now, but yeah. I'm make, making this extra money right now, you know, in, 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 in the, in the uh, garage of the towers. So it's just something that I think, even today, kids would do, you know, they mm -hmm. talk or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, so it, I didn't really mind it, but I can't say you're wrong. It's just how I'm how we're viewing it. Um, I will say this, and I'm going to piggyback some, uh, another thing that Chrissy said, but earlier in the in the movie, because that scene is when Han, I think he's eating something. He's drinking like a coffee or a tea or whenever when Hans Gruber is talking to the the hostages. But before that, when he first comes in there and he's trying to get. Um, I forget the boss's name so he can get the code to the vault. Right. Mm -hmm. And he's going down and he's breaking down the history of the bot, the, the, basically the manager, the owner of that tower. Right. And he's saying was born in 1937, immigrated to the U S in 1940, whatever, got a scholarship to such and such in 1950, whatever, or 1960 something, you know, went back and he became an apprentice at this place and everything rose up in the ranks, has children, and he's going through and he's not looking at everybody. He's obviously looking for the Asian employees because he knows the man is Asian, but he doesn't know what he looks like. So he has to use deductive reasoning. And then he says, well, I know that he's born in 1937, so it can't be this young kid, right? And because it's 1988, you know, mm -hmm. and he says, and he's the father of two. And that's when the guy, like he, when he looks at Holly, the guy, the boss, he jumps in front of it because that's a protective action that a father would do. And I like it because it establishes in a quick scene how deductive and how smart and how logical and methodical that Hans Gruber is. And I will say this, there's also a sequence to show that, to, to contrast that, 
when they're cutting the when the guy's trying to cut the alarm so nothing sounds and one of the other henchmen he comes and takes a buzz saw and he's trying to cut through it real fast being funny mm -hmm. him and also the guy um carl whose brother is killed who has the ho 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 sweater mm -hmm. when he gets angry then he loses all focus and hans is like now's not the time to lose focus we'll get him but we're here for a job this is 620 percent of 640 million dollars you need to keep it together right um and the guy just loses it i love that because there's always as much as people plan it out there's always that one guy or one girl who is emotional logical and they ruin it they ruin the heist which seemingly would be perfect and in most movies they wouldn't necessarily show that but in this one they highlight that and it's actually two different people and but hans gruber he is always that methodical planner and mm -hmm. i love that even to the point where he memorized the directory in another favorite scene when they're on the roof and he sees John McClane and he doesn't know it's John McClane at first, but you see his reaction shots and John suspects that it's Hans Gruber because he's seen the suit. He hasn't seen the face, but he's seen the suit that, that, that Hans is wearing and he suspects it's him. And both of them are playing this, not even cat and mouse, but they're playing this chess game to see who shows their cards first. Right. Thanks. And I love that because John would logically look at the directory. They're using everything. But there's a key shot in there, and I wanted to have a still shot to show you where he offers him the cigarette, right? And that's when John uses that chance to look at the directory to find a name on there, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and Hans takes the cigarette, and John is smoking a cigarette. Now, this is something that I learned recently, but there's also a scene in another movie in uh, Inglorious Bastards where, where they're in a bar, and somebody, he goes, I want three uh, beers, right? But Germans say three is like something oh, like Oh, yeah, that, right? I remember this. Magneto. So when he does that, as good as his German is, it gives it up because no German would do that, right? Well, Europeans, they hold their cigarettes typically between these two fingers, right? Whereas Americans, they hold it like that. And if you go back and you watch that scene, you see Hans, he holds the cigarette and he smokes it like that. Whereas John McClane, he holds it like this between the two fingers like that. And, and the thumb is holding the butt of the cigarette. And it's just a great thing that if you know to look for that, that's also a giveaway that he's not who he is. And I suspect, I don't know this to be the case, that's the tip-off. Because he got the name right, but he's holding a cigarette like no American would. And he's a mm. Texan, playing a Texan, somebody down south. Nobody down south is smoking a cigarette like that, talking like that. It, it doesn't make any, it's very European. That's why he mm. gives him the gun with no ammo in it, because he knows who he is already. You see what I'm saying? So it's two smart people going back to back. And I love that because anybody deserves to win, in my opinion, because both of them are intelligent. I will go to my worst of scene. And here's what it is. Holly, the wife, running her mouth to a coke addict. Uh -huh. The coke addict then, of course, does what a coke addict does. Thanks. And, he, and he's, uh, he's this high executive. Coke amplifies who you are, your ego, right? I don't know personally. That's what I've heard. Right. Mm -hmm. So, of course, he goes in there, Hans, Bubby, and he does that. I don't blame him for doing that. He's a cokehead. That's what he does. Right. Cokeheads will be cokeheads. Why is she running her mouth to a known cokehead? She knows this guy. It's not like John McClain, who doesn't know the guy, is telling him something, and then he does that. She knows he's a cokehead. Keep your mouth shut. Right. Mm -hmm. but you know that's your husband. What are you doing? Counterpoint to that, when Holly goes in there and she tells, she says, hey, I'm in charge, you know, since you killed my boss, um, you know, we need bathrooms, otherwise it's going to be messy. I can tell you're methodical, you don't want that. He's like, you're absolutely right. He respects that. He says, anything else you need? There's a pregnant woman, she needs the seat, you know, can he have that? He says, these are, these are absolutely reasonable. You see what I'm saying? So she's making sure everybody's good and she does that. He goes, what's your name? And she gives the, the maiden name. That is smart. That is thinking, right? Then the next time we see her, what is she doing again? Running her mouth to another random person. Didn't you learn the, the first time when this guy got shot in the face? Mm -hmm. your mouth and telling secrets. Start thinking. Thanks. And I, I love it when characters think. I hate it when they do something nonsensical, but I like that they gave her a little bit of reprieve and that she did something smart. So that was good. And lastly, um, this is a, a small thing, but I loved it. I love when Hans kills the guy. I mean, when John kills the guy that he puts the sweater on, he writes the Christmas sweater. Everything else fits, kind of. He can he can make it work. The guy's shoes are too small. 
in most mm -hmm. movies, it would have been an exact fit. And he would have been running around as if they are perfect match for his feet. Mm -hmm. His shoes didn't fit. I love that small touch mm -hmm. because it adds a sense of realism. Ironically, in this 80s action, you know, adrenaline uh, feast, you know, the, mm -hmm. the fact that the shoes don't fit and he calls it out and people are like, we love it. You know what I mean? And then Hans remembering that, he's like, shoot the glass. Just, mm -hmm. just a great thing. Chris, take it. I don't think he can hear you. Chris. <laughs> yeah. Nah, I can hear you. I'm just trying to set up for uh, my best of worst stuff real quick. So I just, I just, I'm going to make this really, really quick uh, because we all know how I feel about Christmas movies. And I, I'm still very upset of you all for making me watch a Christmas movie. I don't care if it's Die Hard. I don't care if it's uh, Jingle All the Way. I don't care if it's Krampus. I don't care what it is. It's a Christmas movie. So I'm saying I'm doing this out of that's fine. I'm doing this out of protest, right? But let's talk about some favorite scenes that I have, right? Or y'all did it backwards. I think some of y'all did it backwards. I did worse scenes. So let's talk about some worse scenes that I have. All right. Here's a couple worse scenes for me. Uh of the movie Die Hard. Uh let's see. Um let's see. It started, right? Uh and and the thing that I, I really couldn't stand, right? So John McClane comes, he comes to the airport, right? He has, he sees all these people around him. I don't know why they want to touch him. And he was like, oh my gosh, yo, you have coronavirus. Get away from me. That was, and I was like, wow, this is really seeing into the future. But that's how he was walking to the, uh, the airport. He gets into a limo, right? With a limo driver who's a little bit too friendly. And then he comes up and he sits in the front seat of the limo driver. Now, I'm not a limo driver. I never drove anybody around. That's why I didn't want to do Uber. That's why I didn't want to do Lyft. But you're not sitting in my front seat. You're not sitting in my front seat, but you went on and did that. That's disrespectful. You're wrong. You need to sit in the back. Okay. So that's one. That's two, actually. Right. Speaking of limo driver, this man, I know he must be getting paid well because he actually stayed downstairs the entire time during all this, being completely oblivious to everything that's around him. Right. <clears throat> Had a problem with that. Had a problem with the fact that John McClain decided that he was going to um, use a radio and called into the precinct to say, hey, you know what? We got some real effed up crap going on around here. And the sergeant or whoever was talking was getting smart. Like, you never had an emergency situation before where you actually think this is a prank call. You need to do better. You need to do better your job. You need to get fired. Um, let's talk about me. You know, uh, so uh, in case you didn't know, in case you're listening to our podcast and you did not know, pay attention to this, I am an African-American male, right? And growing up around this time, there was something that usually bothered me. It's called black on black crime. And I would like to know why the limo driver had to be the one to take down the nerdy uh, tech guy down at the, toward the end of the movie. He could not be killed by John McClane like everybody else. The black guy had to be killed by the black guy. Power, wrong power to the people. I was upset about that. Don't like black He black didn't crime. kill him, though. He didn't kill him. No black people died. He robbed him. He robbed him. He stopped him. That was a problem. He stopped he him. Robbed he punched him. him in the face and stopped him. There was he no black people died in this movie. He should have did. He should have said. He should have said my n word. My n word. Go. That's what he should do. He should have <laughs> I was a little upset. I was upset that. Let's talk about some favorite scenes. All right. Here's a favorite scene of mine. I love when Hans enters the uh, party, uh, a la Joker style, and just takes over. And then he's uh, starting going down head uh, head Asian dude's uh, uh, resume. I, I really like that. I thought it was really really good. He looked at everybody with them cold, calculated eyes and just was like, "I'm looking for this person. What do y'all want to give uh, give yourselves up? Because do you hear my voice? Yeah, I'm not playing around. And I love that. Another scene I loved is John McClane's wife. I forgot her name. I think it's Holly. Holly. Right? Holly. <coughs> whatever it had. Holly, Molly, Trolley, whatever her name is, right? It was Holly? Yeah. It was Holly? Okay. Uh, Holly pay attention to recast it. So, all right. So, Holly comes. Holly shows up, right? Uh, no, I'm good, bro. So, Holly shows up, right? And he's, uh, no, no, no. No, I'm good. So, John, right uh, the, yeah, I got you. The brother, the brother comes down. He's so upset because he didn't kill John, right? He didn't kill John at all. And then Holly was able to look at him and say, oh, he's mad because no other human being on earth is able to make somebody that mad. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I beg to differ. There are a lot of people I know that makes me just as angry as that dude. I actually brought some pictures up for him. Here's one right now. UPR's very own Dylan Kaplan oh makes me that mad where I start kicking some things around. He's not the only person. Here's somebody else, also from Unpopular Views. David Sanderson, wearing the very same shirt as in his profile picture that he's wearing in front of me right now, also makes me that mad. And last but not least, 
our very own Goldman, Ricky J. Goldman, makes me that mad where I want to go around kicking furniture because he's still alive. I don't understand what's going on. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the best of worst of scenes. We're going to be right back after this. What are we doing? It's not, it's not recasted. I'll just let you know why this is that my worst scene. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back after this. <laughs> okay. I forgot. I couldn't find your picture, Vic. Uh, stay tuned um, for that one. Uh -huh. We'll be right yeah. back after this brief question. That's, that's, a, that's a murder. She's a murderer. <laughs> so is the shit you know, you know who else is a murderer? Santa Claus. Uh, oh, no. Santa Santa. Bye. Let me go into my Santa, best scene. Santa, Santa Claus has damaged more roofs, right? On, on, on these people. Seriously, this fat man, this fat man has damaged so many roofs, being on top of them. You know, oh. gutters falling and stuff like that. The people have to go up there and try to fix it. People can't afford to fix the roof, so they go up there on their own and they fall off because they don't know what they're doing. All because of Santa Claus. Where are they going? Why, why is everybody disappearing? Why is everybody disappearing on me? I'm over here trying to plead a case, man. Like Santa Claus is out of control. Santa Claus is out of control. Yes. <laughs> All right, let's I get agree. back. How did you die? Your contact? Not well. You needn't worry. The second is. Yes. All right, we are back to Popular Review Entertainment. Chrissy, if you uh, finish eating over there, nope. you can welcome us back and take us into the next section. <laughs> We're doing our, uh, we are doing quotables, everyone. Quotables. Quotables. <laughs> Someone change that banner. We are no longer in that one. There we are. Um, so who would like to go first? Chrissy, do you want to go first? No. Oh. <laughs> All right, I'll go first, Vic. You don't mind if I go first on your pick? No, no, I don't. All right. Um, okay, so, again, I love conversation, dialogue. That's what quotes are, right? This is uh, Holly and John McCain, uh, McCain, McLean, when they first meet, see each other at her office, right? Mm. Um, she goes, I missed you. He goes, I guess you didn't miss my name, though. Except maybe when you're signing checks. Since when did you start using Miss Janeiro? Miss Janeiro's her uh, maiden name. She replies, "It's a Japanese company. They figure a married woman's got more." He cuts her off. "You are a married woman, Holly. You're married to me." And she goes, "Are we going to have this conversation again? We've had this conversation in July." And John goes, "We never finished this conversation in July." And I just love it because it's 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 very real to life. Um, different perspectives, different thought patterns, processes. And it's two people um, just displaying who they are. You know what I mean? And at this point, we don't know who's right or who's wrong. Um, but it's just so true to life. And I just like that back and forth um, between them. Uh, I like Hans Gruber when he says, I'm going to count to three. There will not be a four. Love that. <laughs> um, then when he goes... When John is fighting that guy, he goes, you won't kill me. And he goes, yeah, why is that? You're a policeman. There are rules for policemen. I liked it because of the irony. You get it? There's a Great snare boy. drum in there somewhere because they don't have rules. At least for people like me. They have it for, for, for foreign terrorists, but not for me. Anyway, they have them some for, for domestic terrorists, too, but not for me. <laughs> you make of that what you want. Um. Another Hans Gruber quote, we can go every way you want. I love that. Um, and then this, lastly, I'm just going to say that next time you have a chance to kill someone, don't hesitate. It's just a tough line, so I like that one. Wonderful. Oh, I'm sorry. One last Hans Gruber because he was just the man in this thing. Alan Rickman is always the man. Uh, I would have loved to have him as my potions professor, too, by the way. You're a man. <laughs> When 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 the guy comes in there, the the coke uh, addict guy, he comes in there and he goes, and he's telling them all this stuff. Hey, I know about you. You know, you just want some quick cash and all of this. And the two Germans are looking at each other like, who is this fool? You know what I mean? And Alan Rickman in Deadpan, he goes, "You're amazing. You figured this all out already. I must have, <laughs> I must have missed missed sixty minutes. 
what are you saying? And that's been me, especially the second part, so many times when somebody is talking and it makes zero sense to me, hence the banner that we have. And Chris tells me, hey, James, be patient. And inside I'm raging. I'm like, no, I, I have no more patience. It makes zero sense. What the hell are you saying? You're using up my lifetime. I don't have it. So I'm Hans Gruber. That's why my name is Gruber. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wonderful. I'll go ahead and go next because um, I only have two. Um, again, my I'm going to take some from Hans because he was probably the best character in the whole movie to me. Um, so first quote I have, I actually have a separate notebook. So I have, um, I'm an exceptional thief. And since I'm moving up to kidnapping, you should be more polite. I thought that was hilarious. He was talking to Holly because she was popping off at the mouth. And he had to remind her that, yes, he's a thief, but he can turn into a killer real fast. So great quote. And the other one is from him. He's saying to the hostages, he says, you can walk out of here or be carried out, but you, but have no illusions. We are in charge. So decide now, each of you. But please remember, we have left nothing to chance. So that was a great quote. All of he says a lot of great things. He's the Thanos of this of this universe. Great quotes um, from Hans. So those are my quotables. Who would like to go next? I'll go next before somebody steals something else of mine. I have two. I'm going to be really quick about it. One is uh, the obvious one. That's John McClane's. Well, actually, I like the better one. Han said it. Yippee, Kaye, mf That was good. And my second wow. one, actually. Wow, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was get okay. back. Was that a surprise she, to you, Okay. Vic? No, she it wasn't. Fly. I'm not surprised she at all. I'm yeah, not surprised at all. And there's another one he's stealing. Yeah. She fly. So. Yo, my next one, my next one, my James. Damn. That's one James stole. James Debo, this one. That's one James stole. Uh, <laughs> and I say, I say this, I say this, at, I, wow. I say this at work. I say this at work. I didn't even know it came from Hans. I, I thought it came from Chris. But if you don't believe me, you can ask James. <laughs> one, I'm going to count to three. There will not be a four. <laughs> and I, I say that every day. All right? <laughs> there will not be four. I'm not going to do this. And my children know that very well. Uh, all right. So, Nick, um, if you. If you have any well, left. Uh, okay. <laughs> Nakatomi. Okay. So, um, all right. I have one from from Hans, actually. And it's, um, uh, no, I'm, I'm afraid not, but you have me at a loss. You know my name, but who are you? Just another American who saw too many movies as a child, another orphan of a bankrupt American culture who thinks he's John. Lane Rambo or Marshall Dillon. Um, and then and then John McClane says, I was always kind of partial to those Roy, Roy Rogers, actually. And, and after that is when the first time you hear it, Yippie Kaye. Yippie Kaye. But um, yeah, I liked I like that other that that sequence. And also, um, this is the deputy chief of police, Dwayne T. Robinson. And I'm in charge of this situation. Oh, you're in charge? Well, I got some bad news for you, Dwayne. From up here, it doesn't look like you're in charge of Jack's stuff. <laughs> so, um, and I really, really like that scene because John McClane pretty much just put the chief in his place. Mm-hmm. Just with that one line. Like, you know, shut up, man, because you're not doing anything. You're just blowing smoke. Um, and that that was awesome. Um, so, yeah, those, you know, since my other one was depoted by Tiny Lester over here, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, good job. That was quotables. Mm. We're going to move on to our next segment, which is recasted. So, does everyone have their recast? Oh, snap. Oh, I guess not. You might as well go not. first because it looks like you are prepared. So, you might as well go first. Okay. This is our first show, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, is, well, okay, I'll go first. So, I decided to recast. This gentleman right here. Here we go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now here we go. Because I said, okay, if they were to redo this in like a modern retelling, who could play the well a little more modern, not all the way modern, maybe like early two thousands. How do you want to put top for me before I even freaking made my recasted Chris? We know you, that's why. <laughs> I, I because have, I don't understand how you okay. 
like Thumbs I said. Up. He could play this role. Put up the banner, Chris. Put up the banner. No, I, I'm sick of you guys picking on me. I have great recasted. This is my first one. I think he I could can play it. No. Thank you, Vic. Yeah. He sees the vision. Now, um, if so it was I like also, modern day, I could see that. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. Well, let I me said, just say, I say why I don't say that because John McCain, John McClain, rather, the character is supposed to be the everyman, the everyday Joe. He's not supposed in the 80s, all the guys were like bulked up, the, the action heroes. He's the first one that's just built like a regular dude. Uh -huh. So when you have him, it's he's like he's not really bulked up. He, when you look at him, I don't think bulk. He doesn't what I'm look saying, bulk. What I'm saying is, when you have him, he's the Hollywood pretty boy. You see what I'm saying? That's that's what he. That's what he. I mean, he's a good actor. Well, don't get yeah, me wrong, yeah, yeah. But that's yeah, what he's known for. He, he's supposed. John McClane is supposed to be the everyman, the down on your luck. Hence, why the guy is trying to show off the Rolex. He's because you're a nobody. You're a working Joe. That's that's the whole conceit of the movie. I but believe that Colin Farrell can take over the role if he can be the everyman. I don't. If you find him very attractive, that's great. I don't think he's anything above average. And I feel like he's very much the, uh, every man in the face. <laughs> so, but that's just my opinion. Um, but I have another recasting. I have three total. So we're going to go on to this other person I recasted, which is going to be this guy right here. <laughs> I said, who can play this role? <laughs> and the then banner, I thought about... The banner? <laughs> no, there's no top over here. Now, what if they were to do this really in a modern, modern version? Okay. I said, not early 2000s, we talk in 2020. And I said, who could play this role? And none other than this gentleman right here. Boom. Tom Hardy, he could play this role. Now, don't suck your yeah. teeth. No. He can definitely, yes, he can. He can play he, to every man. You're telling me Tom Hardy is supposed no, to know. be to every man? That he could very sense. well play the every. He did a great job in he Mad Max. He's a great I mean, actor. no, he's an every man in um, Venom. Thank you. Are you, are you, Vic? Stop Thank it. you, Vic. Thank you. Vic, when he goes to the store, when he goes to the store, and he and he talks to the lady, and he's Does like, everybody know what every man is supposed to be. Do yeah, you want someone who's out here looking like Homer Simpson? No, not everyone looks like Homer Simpson. Okay, <laughs> these are my recasting. Homer Simpson is not supposed to be the everyman. Homer Simpson is supposed to be the dumb guy. That's who Homer Simpson is supposed look, to be. I'm saying the what's every man is supposed to be Al like Bundy. Al Bundy is the everyman. Said, look. Right. Okay, so um, now for my final recast it. Um, I recast it. This guy right here. <laughs> the hell? How many times are you gonna recast the same person? <laughs> oh, this one. <laughs> and I thought, who can play this? play this character. And I thought, who does this person remind me of? There's something about this <laughs> movie, about the soul, and that's what would lord over the, the, the guy to his area about the sweater being written on and all of this and all of these games. I said, hold on, you I know who can do this. Kidding. You gotta be kidding me. Kevin McAllister. Because <laughs> that's exactly what's going on throughout this movie. Yes, a lot of tomfoolery throughout the movie, a whole bunch of gadgets and gadgets trying to catch these terrorists with guns, and he's over Too here flat, doing makeshift stuff. Just, just craziness, just craziness. So I said, yes, right here, Kevin could get the job done. He looks more capable in this picture than the rest. Chrissy, I'm sorry. I'm so thank you, thank you for booing that. I'm recasting. sorry. I got, I got, I got to go into the next recast. So Vic, you're not ready, James. What you got? Can we, can we give up off this top? Yeah, because, because I, I have no idea what Chrissy's doing. Clearly, she's on that stuff again. My recasting. Tonight I only have two recasts, and they're actually recasts, not the same picture over and over of who I think is hot in Hollywood. <laughs> We're going to start picture. with the deputy chief, <laughs> okay, in this movie. We, we we talked about him before where he gets up there, and he's like, hey, what's going on, uh, black policeman? You've been here a long time. I just got here. Uh, you don't know what's going on. I'm taking control of everything like that. You know, I watched that, and he reminded me of somebody. And as you know, that's how I do my recast. He reminded me of this guy, mm -hmm. Mr. Peter Foley. He's the deputy chief of police in Gotham City. Well, eight years from now, at least, in Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, he thought that he, he could be the big dog. He thought he could be Jim Gordon, especially in this scene, <laughs> like a mad, uh, like a rat in a maze. Isn't that what he said? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the other cop who was there on the scene, he says, sir, I think you got the wrong animal. And he was looking just as dumbfounded there as he was in this movie, Die Hard. 
Now, the second recast, which I, I, by the way, I think that first recast was spot on. But if you thought that was good, wait till you hear the second one. Now, in order to understand the second one, you're going to have to go back and watch uh, the last episode that we did. And that was Tomorrow Never Dies. And even though it was Tomorrow Never Dies, somebody in the comments was talking real spicy about a completely different movie. I guess it had the same character in it, James Bond, but it's a completely different movie. It had nothing to do with, with uh, Tomorrow Never Dies. No, they were talking about Money Penny, not Money Penny as I call it, see the superior, but Money Penny from the movies and how she died. But yet we all knew that she was still alive and he called her the <laughs> black one. I don't know where he was going. I thought maybe it was the liquor or the powder. We don't know which, but I saw this movie Die Hard tonight and I said, this man reminds me of somebody else. <laughs> and then I remember, oh yeah, who was that one who came on the show when we were talking about Tomorrow Never Dies? Talking crazy like he was off that white. It was mm -hmm. Stephen Pena. And I said, this is Stephen Pena. If I'm going to recast anybody, it will be this guy as Stephen Pena, specifically in last week's episode when he was talking real crazy and spicy. So those are my recasts. Stephen Pena, you see, shout out to you. You thought I would be a James, uh, James Bond villain. Well, I think you would be this guy in Die Hard. And also, <laughs> and also I want to go deputy, deputy chief of police, both in L.A., and also in Gotham City. There you go. Who wants to go next? <laughs> okay. Who's next? Who's next? Chris? Vic, did you go? No, no, yeah, no. Okay, yeah. Uh-oh. Vic, go. Right. So, um, okay, so my first recasted, and just piggyback off of James over here, is for this guy right here. So now, as I alluded to before, this guy just reminds me of the every man, the every every salesman, the sleazy, <laughs> slimy salesman that will just say anything to get his way. Exactly. Honestly, he could just be anybody, anybody, mm -hmm. anybody that will just lie and lie and lie. I knew, I knew, I knew. Lie and lie <laughs> and lie <laughs> and lie. You know, just anybody that's just a salesman that'll just say anything. And, the, and mm -hmm. to top it off, just the whole booby. Oh, booby. Yeah. Oh man, there are realtors in the By the, the way, I'm I'm surprised that y'all didn't call the racism that he did. That guy, you remember, you heard what he said, right? To Holly. I'm not gonna repeat it because it was very racist. He used different racial um slur slur terms for different 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 ethnic groups when he talked to Holly. She said, How do you know what these guys want? And he said, Well, maybe it's this group, maybe it's that group, maybe it's that group. All those mm -hmm. names that he was using. Those are all ethnic slurs. But I I'm surprised that y'all didn't say that that was racist because it's actually racist. No, you all thought the innocuous scene where the guy was mocking somebody who got caught with karate when she's surrounded by guns, you're going to try and kick me. Y'all said you know that what? was racist, but not when the cokehead, not when the cokehead <laughs> actually uses racial slurs against I think people. I fell asleep by that point in the I movie. I mean, well, so I that was racist. Well, thank you, Christy, for doing your part. Vic, what did you think? I guess I was racist. I just didn't pay attention. Mm, mm. That is the quotable. <laughs> I guess I didn't pay attention. <laughs> Much like when Christy recasted the everyman, she didn't pay attention. And I then, recasted him and as then, the everyman. When he, picked, when he picked some of his Halloween movies, he didn't pay attention, but that's okay. We're past that. This is the first of the Christmas. <laughs> Wait, I didn't finish. I didn't finish my recast. Yeah, by all means, sir. I got one more. So, um, the only person that I could recast this person by, especially being at that time and making <laughs> doing this type of movie, is this guy. Oh God! That. that I'll give you. That I'll give you. Yeah. Oh, he's not. I think he's, that. Uh, <laughs> he's. I think that it can, I, I could see. Steve, he, he's just ugly enough. Made in in the eighties. No, those because in nineteen eighty nine, Above the Law and Die Hard. Yeah, those movie. are the movies that. That guy's more buff than, than Colin Farrell, but suddenly he's that, the everyday. Those are those no, are I'm two of the biggest movies. That because those are the movies that he made. Those he literally made those movies. That's why I can see it. You know who else made those movies? Here we go. This guy right here. But I, I digress. So you're telling me you're telling me he does not look more attractive to you than the I mean, listen, man. What? Here we go. 
it's okay. It's okay for children to have their own perspective. No, no, children, <laughs> they, not yeah, children. Right. It's okay I, to have I, different I, I, opinions. Christy, you're right. You're right. You're right. Thank they, you. you know what I mean? Children, you know, they they weren't around for. They, I gave you points for agreeing with me earlier. Now you want to come with this this tomfoolery with the children? I don't there know. There is no tomfoolery. It's just that those are the facts, honey. Those are the facts. Like you, you, you're you're very young, and there's things you're not going to appreciate. That's okay. Next recasting. The way you are, y'all tomfoolery. <laughs> I accept you the way you are. That's all right. <laughs> All right, Chris, it's your turn. Is he even listening? Who knows? I was listening. All right, um, so, you know, I, I got to do this. I'm going to do it right. First person I want to recast is this guy right here. That is a great one. Ellis is the co-kid. Ellis is the co-kid. Robert Downey Jr. could play that role to a T. That is true. Andrew, very good recast. Sorry, Chris. Mm -hmm. Chris is being a diva. <laughs> Go ahead. No, he Chris has a lot of background noise. That's a problem. Oh, your mic is muted. Yeah, unmute yourself. I muted it because they were being really loud in the background, but they're about to stop and lower that voice now before I turn this off. But anyway, so this is the first person I want to recast, right? This person right here. Um, why oh. do I want to recast them? Because yeah, I don't know his name. He, I didn't really care to know his name. Uh, he was red shirt, even though he actually lasted a little bit longer than he red shirt. But he, yeah, he lasted almost the whole movie. Actually, he lasted to the end almost. I mean, when you really think about mm -hmm. it, right? But last person I, to die. I'm looking and I'm like, right, uh, got killed by um, Carl Winslow. my man uh, Carl, Carl Winslow. Right. Okay. So who can replace this guy? I can tell you who can replace this guy. Who can replace this guy is um, none other than. This man right wow. here. Wow. Oh, Beagle. shit. Wow. Damn. This man right this? here. Yeah. Oh, my God. Christy, did you oh. say who is that? Who is it? Are you serious? Oh, yes. you see what I mean? You see wow. what I mean? Vic Thank you. Absolutely Thank right. you. Vic that is that is my no, point. But it, that, okay. There are viewers who haven't seen every movie that's ever made. Uh, who is this? Of course, I know. But people that were born, movie. It's people that were born after 1990. Like, they're not I told y'all I haven't seen Ghostbusters. Y'all have to surprise me. That's why. Ghostbusters I've never two. seen any of the Ghostbusters. That was the main villain, and I feel like he would have been perfect for that role. Let's go ahead and just uh, before we school Christian. Can we see Vigo one more time, Christian? We put up Vigo one. <laughs> Can we see Vigo. Vigo, Carl is Vigo. Look at there you go. Hey, wow. <laughs> that's all that, who I saw the whole. That's movie. a really good recasting. I give you that. That's a I, really good recasting. I would have. Well, you know, I always. I always have to bring. That's a good one. I always have to bring uh, some some dignity back. Hold on, real quick, while I handle business again, because people don't seem to understand the first time. When I turn shit off, it's because y'all too fucking loud. All right, there we go. All right, so um, then I also have this guy right here. Right? I have this guy right here. Family Matters. Carl Winslow. Right? Yeah, Carl Winslow. Right? And I realized I've seen this character before. Who should I recast Reginald Bell Johnson as? Well, Virginal Bell Johnson. There he goes right there. There he <laughs> go. Chrissy, name the movie. Chrissy, name the movie. Come on, Chrissy. Is this please. Lone Texas no. Ranger? No. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> no, 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 wait. I think no, this guy's Australian, yeah. right? He's Australian, right? Mate. Chrissy, yes, he's, Australian, he's Australian. I I, I know yeah. I kind of have it Chrissy, what do they have in Australia? Chrissy. Huh? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Crocodile Dundee. What do you, don't worry about it, all right? Here's what you need to worry about. I said, who can recast Reginald Vell Johnson? Reginald Vell Johnson. Can recast <laughs> yeah. him as Reginald Johnson, right? That's what I Yo, said. what is that? I was like, I need... Mean, wait a minute, wait a minute. Girl what is that? Wow. This is from Girl Meets World. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. Right. Are they in Chicago? So... No, but he's. No, I don't know where actually, he is. No, he's a, no, that's a New York City cop. That's crazy. He's just playing on a monster. Oh, I know. Oh, no, he's playing a cop. No, you so can tell, you can tell from recast, the badge. Who can recast Reginald Vell Johnson? That's what I want to. 
Who can recast Reginald Vell Johnson? Hey, I got an idea. Reginald Vell Johnson. Reginald Johnson. <laughs> I remember that episode. That is one of the yeah. most famous episodes from yeah. Family Matters. So uh, most people will remember that episode. I almost put yeah. him in there with the with the real um his real wife, uh, not the not the fake one that came in the last season, but um his <laughs> real wife. I have one more recasting for you all as I bring not dignity back to this show. Not Viv I just no, wanted to be no. noted that Chris recasted the same person three times and no one said anything bad about him. Um, actually recasted it with the same person. So oh, oh, that's acceptable. My main sense. Uh-huh. I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a little Tom Foolery because I'm gonna recast the main star of this movie in my opinion, and that's Hans Gruber, right? Who can play Alan Rickman? And I'll, and I'll give know. you and I'll give you I'll give you a little spoiler alert. I'll give you a little spoiler. This recast was, was actually mentioned already. So I'm saying like this: this man was cold. He was calculating. He was he was heartless. He was a man on an island of his own. So I said, who is out there that can play this character better than Alan Rickman? I know it's hard. Who can do it? I got somebody for you. It's none other than the man. <laughs> okay, this is a deep, deep that, that, sir, is pulled out. I will give respect to you, Chris. Yes, sir. What movie is this from? Picture. That is that is that, that is, is that is that is lonely times for Mr. Yeah. James Beth. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I I like that recasted. But now that you put that picture up there of uh of Hans, I'm like, who can play that? And I thought uh Benedict Cumberbatch, he could do it. Don't ever disrespect uh, him. You, are you kidding well, thank me? You so the much voice? for watching us here at Apollo News. We're gonna take a commercial break. We'll be right back heard. with I'm, our I'm, final thought for the evening. A little bit. I'm feeling it out. Thank you. Um, but I want to highlight the Admiral. This guy right here. And then there was also this guy. At first I called him the bald man. But he has a name. He's the Minister of Defense. So the Admiral and Minister of Defense, they're there. They're talking. And I kept saying to myself, well, this guy, he looks very familiar to me. Who does he look like? Sam Eagle. <laughs> That's what he looked like to me. But then I thought to myself, I can't leave Homeboy out. I can't leave the Admiral out. <clears throat> At first, I was going to say rent. That's who I thought oh. it was. Yes. But then I realized it was Waldorf <laughs> and Stantler. Okay? I said, nailed it. Okay, <laughs> from the show for you younger and younger millennials. Every holiday season, there's one toy everyone has to have. Whoever doesn't can be a real loser. Finding it. You got the doll, right? Is this father's nightmare. I'll get that toy. I promise. Jingle all the way. All right, and we're back. Finally, next uh, next week we'll get to a, a real Christmas movie <laughs> with my pick. <laughs> Not die hard. First of all, all first of all, the movie ended with Christmas music and oh, wow. took place wow. on on December twenty fourth. Oh, uh, like we had all these stipulations oh. for Halloween movies. This isn't Halloween. This isn't Halloween. You, you, Christmas can be anything. You wanted to pick a movie that took place on Christmas. That's not a Halloween movie. That's I was going to pick the Adams Family guys, and Halloween apparently that wasn't enough. Halloween, Halloween enough. All right, so we are on to final thoughts. <laughs> Um, I'll go ahead and go first. My thoughts about the movie. I feel like this is what Judge Dredd was trying to do. (laughs) It's very much the same feel for me, like that action kind of thing. Like you want to come in 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 the one building and and kill up the bad guys. And it just took it to like a gorier place. But it's very similar as far as the... I guess the plot of it, not, not, you know, what they were trying to do. Um, it's just an action movie. It's an action boy movie. If you're a, you're a boy that likes action, go right ahead. You'll like it. I thought it was okay. I didn't, it's definitely not, um, what's it call it? Bad. What's the name of that bad movie about the, the, the cracks in the hood that we watched? Asper. This year? No, not, well, not that <laughs> That one was Jingle bad. All the way. Jingle all the way. Y'all know what I'm talking Jingle about with Ice T. Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> no, that's what New Jack City. New Jack City is not as bad as New Jack City. New you're Jack City makes you want to shoot yourself you're in the crazy. head. You're crazy. This one, 
It wasn't bad. Like it was okay. Thing. Chrissy don't like hood. Who's, who's trying to throw this? I like, thought it was. That's like that's like if we if we watch no. Boys in the Hood, so, she's gonna put thumbs down. Yeah. I will say this. I will say this. This is Chrissy's final thoughts. Wait till she's done before you try to tear it apart. All right. Thank Have you. Respect. Go ahead, Cecilia. Go ahead with your tomfoolery. For me, it wasn't <laughs> as bad as that, but it wasn't as bad. As that. <laughs> So I guess I wish I'd give a thumbs to the side, but oh, I also wanted to say that I can see why he um, he was chosen to play in um, the Fifth Element because it's a it's, it's along those lines like it's a very familiar thing there. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I love Bruce Willis. I I don't know him obviously. I don't know him personally. I don't know much about him, but from what I see from Bruce Willis, I I, I like him. Um, so for that reason, I'll give it a thumbs up because I like Bruce Willis. So thumbs up for me. Where's my little thumbs up sign? Chris is usually so trigger happy with it, but not today. I was just kidding for myself. <laughs> Who is next? Vicky, okay. you want to go or Chris? Sure, I'll go. I'll go. So clearly, like I said before, I love, 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 love this movie because I lived in the time that the movie was made. Um, and I think I think that leads to my perspective. There's certain there's music in there. There's certain things in there. I mean, even like just from the beginning of the movie, just when the guy's playing with the tape deck and the CD player, and he's telling John everything that's in the limo and all of that. And you know, just look, just thinking back to that stuff, you have all of that stuff in your phone now. Um, you know, it, it's it's just a nice, it, it's just a nice walk down memory lane man it's just a great christmas movie it's it's awesome it's like eggnog and a euro log like I, I i swear it's i mean like you know talking to people that were born in the 90s and past they make me feel young i mean make me feel old because of this movie but at the end of the day like you know this this will always be one of my favorites and john McClain will always be one of my favorite um characters and you know now that you mentioned the fifth element um, the fifth element is very die three. I feel like it's a continuation character, so that that definitely does make a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, Die Hard will always be will always be great. Always be so you know to top it off, yippee ki yay, motherfucker. So give me my thumbs up. All right. Um, <clears throat> that's true. Keeping in the fifth element vein, when I was watching the movie, I kept thinking of um, Chris Tucker as the limo driver. Mm. I was just getting that vibe. It's the same feel, the same fun. Everybody's having a good time. Alan Rickman, obviously, uh, switched for another um, a British actor. I forget his name now. Not Gary Oldman, you know what I mean, as uh, Mr. Zorg in the fifth element. So very, very cool. So many things to say about this movie, this episode. Let me start off with this. Chrissy, you are a hater. But you're welcome. Um, Alan Rickman did a great job. Just a little uh, aside, that final scene when Alan Rickman, we see him when he the 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 watch slips from Bruce uh, John McClane's uh, wrist, and he falls down uh, the thing. If you look at that scene, the, Alan Rickman he has this look of complete shock and, and and surprise and everything like that. Well, originally that's not how his character was supposed to die. He was supposed to get shot, right? But they, Bruce Willis and the director, they talked about it, John uh, McTiernan, they talked about it, and he actually lets him go. So Alan Rickman was genuinely shocked because he's like, what's happening, right? And he wasn't expecting that. So that's just a true uh, uh, surprise moment, that look on his face. And he's shocked because he doesn't know what's happening. And they just kept that in the scene. And I just wanted to share that for the audience and anybody who didn't know that before. Of course, this movie is a thumbs up. It has great dialogue. It's a pure 80s movie. It's true to who the character is. Even though I really like part three, I'm going to give it up to part one. All right, Executive Consultant's final thoughts. This movie got an 8.2 out of 10 on imdb.com. It made $83 million in the United States, $161 um, worldwide, cost $28 million to make. Now, let's talk about some bad in this movie. Bad in this movie is it was set on December 25th. They had Christmas music. Therefore, it's bad. Plain simple. That cannot be your review. 
That's Tom Fuller. It's not. Uh, it's not. The good of this movie. Uh, the good of this movie is that it was actually quite enjoyable. I think uh, John McClane was very good. I think uh, Hans Gruber was actually very good. That's a good protagonist. It's a good antagonist. That's the recipe you need for a good movie, along with uh, good supporting actors. Therefore, I'm going to go ahead and give it a thumbs up, which is ironic because I think this is like the fourth or fifth movie in a row that uh, gives a thumb, um, four thumbs up. So kudos to us. Uh, we, we need to find a movie. I think next week might break I'm that I'm sure it will be because you guys hate on all my picks. Nobody wants to see Jingle All the Way. Vic, take us home. That's not a bad movie. Jingle All the Way really isn't a bad movie, to tell you the truth. Like, you know, I'm actually excited about in that movie but the bottom line is that thank you ladies and gentlemen for joining us this evening as we got to review die hard one of the best movies ever in american history ladies and gentlemen and yippee kaye mfers have a great